Hello everyone, good to be with you again and share the word of God, uh, particularly this time and season. Uh, we need to hear what the Spirit is doing, what the Spirit is saying to the church and to the people of God. And I am hoping to deliver to you a message that comes from the heart of God to equip you for the times that we are living in. Amen. And uh, as you know, those of you who have watched last week, I started a, a short series on Empowered for the Supernatural by the Anointing. And uh, if you haven't watched, I'm just going to do a quick recap of this and encourage you to get back to last week's message and get the foundation so that you get the fullness of what we've been talking about up to now. But very simply, last week, I dealt with the issue of why why do we pursue signs, wonders, and miracles? Why is it necessary? And I said to you, the, the reason is very simple, because it's what makes us different to the world. If we didn't flow in signs, wonders, and miracles, we didn't see the supernatural manifest in and through our lives, we would be just like the world. And uh, I spoke to you, uh, I'm just skipping a lot now, of course, is uh, that this is what authenticates us as true believers. And I read to you from Acts chapter 2, verse 22, when Peter uh, at Pentecost began to preach to, to the people who, had, who were listening to him there after they got filled with the Spirit. And he said, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God unto you by miracles, signs, and wonders. That word attested by God means authenticated. In other words, God put his stamp of approval on this man, and he was authentic. And, and so it is the same with us. As we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, we need to pursue the anointing, which is the empowering of God. It empowers us to flow into the ministry of Jesus, which is characterized most of the times by signs, wonders, and miracles. In other words, reflecting a supernatural God in our lives. And last week, I left with, with this, uh, with you, um, I said, no anointing, no supernatural experiences, and no testimonies. You see, the only time you and I have a good testimony to share, testimony that glorifies God, is when God has done something in us or through us, which is not normal, which is not natural. That's our testimony. Amen? Otherwise, we would have no testimony. So we got to pursue that anointing so that we flow in that capacity of natural as well as supernatural, particularly in our callings and ministries. Now I'm going to pick up from there today. The people of God, the church, is meant to be more than conquerors. It says so in the Bible. The head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. These things all speak about a victorious life, a supernatural life, a life that reflects our supernatural God. More than conquerors, the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. So for this to become manifest and real in our lives, we need to desire and we need to develop the mighty anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's very important. 
We have to develop the anointing. You know, the day you got baptized in the Spirit, you receive the anointing, but it's in seed form. It's got to grow from there. The anointing grows as you become more hungry and more thirsty for it. You see, the world out there can only operate in within, sorry, the natural rhythm. They have no access to the anointing. They have no access to, to beyond the natural rhythm. But what makes us different is that we can operate in both realms. As the people of God, we can still operate in the natural, but we have access to the supernatural. And that is what impacts the world. When people look at you and look at me, if we have no testimony to be able to share with them, this is what God has done. I couldn't do this, but you know what? God came through for me. And when you begin to share those experiences, they begin to take note. It's no guarantee, of course, that they will say, yes, I want that. But at least it impacts them. Amen? And Jesus' desire is that we, as his people, as a church, should operate like he did and continue in his footsteps as his followers and disciples. You know, we say that. We are believers in Jesus. We follow him. We are followers of Christ. What does it mean to be a follower? When you follow somebody, you, you go after them. If they turn left, you turn left. If they turn right, you turn right. If they go straight, you go straight. If they go back, you go back. That means, that's what it means to follow somebody. If you observe the ministry of Jesus, it was characterized by the supernatural. And so if we say we followers of Jesus, then we should be seeking that. Amen? How did Jesus actually operate? How did he operate? Always by the leading and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is why he could flow in the supernatural. This is why he could do these things. Amen. Listen to what he says in the book of Luke chapter 4, verses 14 to 21. In that scripture, Jesus is describing call on his life, why he is there, the ministry, the purpose of his time in this earth. You see what it says. Remember he'd gone into the desert and he'd gone, um, Bible says, to be tempted by the devil, led by the Holy Spirit, of course. And he just came back and then he walked into um, into a synagogue and he began to declare certain things. And now we pick up the story in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 14 to 21. He says, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Now watch this. That's the anointing. In the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Let me say this to you. How do you think he became famous so quickly? It's because people heard about what he, who he was and what he was up to. Amen. Verse 15. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of a prophet Isaiah. 
And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Again, there comes that again. In the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he has anointed me. To do what? To preach the gospel. That means the good news. To the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of, of the Lord. Then he closed the book. And gave it back to the attendant. And he sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this very moment, this scripture is fulfilled in your healing, in your hearing. Now, you've got to understand, he proclaimed himself to flow in the power of God. That's basically what he was saying. And they were transfixed. The people never heard this before. No Pharisee, no Sadducee, no, no, no priest had ever spoken like this. And so he was declaring his ministry. Glory to God. But you will notice twice in the scripture, he said, because he's been anointed, he came back in the power of the spirit that he could do these things. So that scripture defines Jesus' mission statement. It describes his ministry. And so Jesus began his ministry by stating that his ministry can only be accomplished because he has been anointed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Verses 14 and 18 of that scripture speaks about it. And then in that same scripture from verse um, From verse 18, he describes his ministry. He says, I've been empowered by the Spirit of God. I'm anointed to do what? Then he describes the ministry that he's called to. Preach the gospel to the poor. You see, if you want your message to impact people, it's got to be anointed, empowered. It's got to go out there with power. Amen. So Jesus describes his, his ministry to preach the gospel to the poor. Then he says to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom, liberty to the captives, those who are oppressed by the enemy, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, there it comes, and proclaim the year of jubilee or the year of freedom to all. That was his ministry. And that's what he was about to set out to do. And the only reason he could do that is because he, has, he had been empowered by the Holy Spirit or anointed, if you want. And he had to flow in the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish these things. Without that anointing, without that empowering, he would not have been effective in his ministry. And so the same applies to us. Because we continue his ministry. That's who we are. We are his disciples in the earth. 2,000 years later, we are there to continue the ministry of Jesus. Wherever we are. Now I need to say one thing about the anointing. 
If you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking of baptized in water. I'm talking of baptized in the Holy Spirit. In other words, the experience of Pentecost. Remember when the disciples were there in the upper room and they were praying, they were all in one accord and suddenly the room was shaken like a mighty wind came through. And they were all filled or baptized, if you want, with the Holy Spirit. And tongues of fire appeared on each one of them. And they were changed. They began to speak in new tongues. They began to prophesy, which we'd never done before. In other words, they moved from the natural into a different dimension. The dimension of God, the supernatural. Amen. That anointing can remain in seed form or dormant, if you want. And of little use, if you don't use it, build on it, develop it, try to understand how to flow in it, and so on. In other words, you've got to grow it. You've got to ask the Spirit of God to help you grow it. You've got to hunger for more. You've got to desire more of the anointing. And you've got to make time to develop the anointing in your life. Otherwise, it remains in a seed form. And you will see very little result out of that. Unfortunately, many Christians are in that position today. Yes, they love the Lord. Yes, they've given their heart to Jesus. They're trying to live a wonderful life, uh, which is, uh, when I say wonderful that, that, that is what, what the Word of God says. They're trying to apply the Word of God in their lives and all of these things and serve the Lord with, with, with passion and all of this. And it's great. But the sad thing is many, many believers put very little emphasis in developing the anointing in their lives. As a result, their ministry does not bear great fruit when it comes to the supernatural. Because the two go hand in hand. You, you can't have the anointing in seed form and expect major miracles to work in and through you. The anointing has to develop. It's like a muscle, if you want. If you don't exercise your muscles, guess what happens? They'll never grow stronger. It's the same with the anointing. You've got to build on it. You've got to grow it. You've got to learn how to flow in it. You've got to seek for it. You've got to hunger for it. Hunger for more. You see, none of us can be effective in the call of God on our lives without flowing in a greater and greater anointing. You know, Jesus said this. He said, the same works that I've done. What works? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. He said, freely you have received, freely give. But we can't be effective without developing the anointing. Otherwise we'll remain at a lower level to see the miraculous, the supernatural, signs, wonders and miracles, which authenticates our ministries. We'll see very little of that. So for us to be effective in the call of God on our lives, we need to develop the anointings and we become more and more effective to be like Jesus. So what is that call of God in our lives? The call of God in, in our lives is the work or ministry that each of us has been assigned to accomplish by God and for God while we are on this earth. 
do you know that every believer has a call? It doesn't mean every believer is a preacher or an evangelist or a prophet. No. But God will use you wherever you are. Just like you are. He's put a call on your life. It could be to minister sometimes. It could be to just one person. To impact their lives so much that they become a great evangelist. God could be using you in your workplace. He did for me for 14 years. When I gave my heart to Jesus from that same day, he began to use me in the workplace. And he anointed me to do that work. Marketplace ministries in Joburg here. So the call of God is the work or the ministry that each of us has been assigned to accomplish for God while we are on this earth. And to just give you some idea, for some it's to preach. For others, it's to encourage people, become an encourager. For others, it's to evangelize, to bring the gospel out there to unbelievers. For others, it's to flow in the ministry of healing, is, is to heal the sick. Or simply to pray for those who have needs. Some people have prayer ministries. And you know what? What we mostly forget, that to build a business and finance God's work is also a ministry and a call. And so the call on your life would be different to somebody else. But all of these, for it to go to the level where, where you are really accomplishing everything that God wants you to accomplish, you need the anointing to keep growing in you. The more it grows, the more you will be enabled, empowered to do supernatural exploits for God in all those domains. You know, when, we come, when it comes to business, we have a tendency to think, well, you know, business is not a call. Of course it's a call. It's a call to finance the kingdom of God. Some of you business people watching this, don't be satisfied with a couple of thousand, right? God is wanting you to be wealthy. Why? Because it is through you that his work can be financed. You've got to start developing the anointing for business. The Bible says it is he who gives you power to create wealth. So you've got to believe God to receive the, the supernatural anointing to create wealth. It comes from the Lord. It's an anointing, just like it is for me to preach this message to you. One of the ministries, of course, that we are all called to do is to be witnesses for Jesus to anybody around us. And for that to happen and for us to be effective there, for people to see my life, that our lives are different. You know, some people knew you before you got saved, like, like me. And when I come now and I say to them, I see them 30 years later, 40 years later, and they ask me, what do you do? I say, I'm a pastor. They go, wow. You a pastor? Yes. What is that? Some of them ask me. They don't even have a clue. They're still in the world. And I have to be able to minister to them effectively. So to be effective with the call of God on our lives, we must flow in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me explain to you, what is the anointing? What is that? What am I talking about? In the Bible... 
To anoint generally means to smear with oil. That's what it means. And remember that oil in the Bible is a symbol of a Holy Spirit. So when we're talking of the anointing, you can imme immediately realize you can't separate the anointing from the work that the Holy Spirit does in a believer's life. So to anoint means to smear with oil, to fill with oil, symbolically talking of the Holy Spirit. It means to consecrate, to set apart, to empower someone for a particular purpose or calling. As long as we flow in the natural, we'll only be able to accomplish what we can do in the natural. But when you start tapping in the anointing and the Spirit of God begins to empower you, you will stick out. You will go way beyond what you can do in the natural. So to anoint means to set apart, to empower someone for a particular purpose. And it is the empowering of the Holy Spirit upon a person that enables that person to operate not only in the natural ability that they have, but also in the supernatural ability of God. You know, I've traveled to Africa, went to Kenya, to Zimbabwe many times and gone into poor areas where people cannot afford to go and see a doctor. They get sick. They can't afford to go and buy medication. They're poor. And when I arrive there with the anointing, and I begin to pray for them, God heals them. You know what? It doesn't cost them a cent. That's the exciting part of the anointing. There's no cost. No financial cost. So those poor people who walk around sick, I mean, I've had cases, I'm telling you, incredible, terrible cases that I've seen. Prayed for them, and boom, they get set free. I've received so many testimonies from the pastors there. And one of the pastors, I'm just being reminded, said to me, you don't know what happens after you leave back for South Africa. We see the results here. And that is what the ministry of Jesus is all about. So, when we're talking of the anointing, we're talking of the empowering of the Holy Spirit that enables us to flow in the supernatural power of God. And it's needed, believe me, for all of the things we've spoken about today. So can you immediately see that it must result in supernatural exploits? And we call these supernatural exploits signs, wonders, and miracles. Put in another way, the anointing is what enables us as believers to release the zoe of God out of our lives. The zoe, that's a Greek word. It means the very life flow of God. The, that, that creative life by which he created the whole universe. You and I have this in us. We are carriers of the anointing. If you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you've got this in you, in your spirit man. And when you release that, what are you releasing? You are releasing the zoe of God, the creative power, the creative life of God. Can you see? that it can only but result in miracles 
the supernatural signs and wonders, exploits. So the Zoe of God is a very creative life force that comes from the throne of grace, produces the miraculous supernatural results wherever it's needed. And when we do operate from the supernatural, God is glorified because it would be impossible for us to take the glory in these instances. When God does a miracle, I cannot take the glory for it. I can't say, well, I did this. No. God did it. He healed my eyesight. Boom. I didn't go and see a doctor. I can't take glory for that. The doctor can't take glory for that. This happened because somebody prayed over me, laid hands on me, and boom, and I can see. So what does the supernatural do for us? The supernatural, which is signs, wonders, and miracles, displays the mightiness and the reality of God in and through our lives. And no one can mimic this kind of outcome through just purely natural abilities. It authenticates who we are. It authenticates that we are believers and that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father dwell in us. And his power is in us. You see, this is why Jesus flowed so much in the supernatural. He wanted his Father to be glorified through him. He wanted people around him to know that his Father is real. And here is the proof. Sick people are healed. Devils are cast out. Food is multiplied. Blind people see for the first time in their lives. Storms are calmed. Dead people are raised back to life. The hidden is revealed. The prophetic word is spoken and we can go on and on and on. And so Jesus' message by doing all of this, his message uh, to, to the religious society of his time by and large was this. God is not a fairy tale that many people think he is. He is very real. He is very powerful. Here is the proof. See for yourself. So Jesus often said the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, it's arrived near you. Open your eyes. See what God is doing. You see, we have been empowered by the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do the same works of Jesus and even greater works. I'm going to stop here today and I'm going to finish this the next time. But I want to encourage you. In this time and season when the world is, the, the darkness is covering the earth, there's no doubt about this. The light of Christ needs to shine through us, believers. And what is that light? It's when we bring Jesus and his, and his character and his works to a lost world out there. When we are not scared to pray for the sick and to pray for someone uh, to receive a touch of God. So I want to encourage you to flow in that and to seek it with all your heart. Amen. I'm going to pick up from there next time. And please, if, you have, if you've missed that first session, which was last week's, please go and listen to it. Amen. God bless you all. I'll see you soon.